0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and our Wonder Women in Business podcast gives a voice to the woman who has a story that is meaningful, moving, and compelling. We share their story, or rather, they share their stories with the world so that in their shining They give permission to others to shine. Today's guest is LB Adams. Uh, She is such an interesting woman. I know we're gonna have a great conversation. So LB is an awarding TEDx speaker, an MC, and she is the CEO of visits there. It's her quest and vocational women to the strategic power of what their voice can accomplish. See her popular snack-sized business show, um, where she asks people three questions in four minutes. I think I got that right, but she can correct me. And I'm excited to share that she has just released, her very first book, The Irreverent Guide to Spectacular-cation. And she'll tell us a little bit, bit about that as the conversation goes on. So I'm excited too, because she's a transplanted New Yorker, so we have <laughs> Woo-hoo! something in common. Woo-hoo, indeed. Excellent. So LB, I'm going to invite you to the mic. I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit about your story. Take us on that journey and help us understand some of the things that were important to you as a woman evolving in business, the things that influenced you to make the decisions you made uh, and, and, you know, brought you along the journey to where you are today. I'm handing the microphone over to you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I appreciate that, Natalie. Um, you know, my
1: story is probably like most people's story. It's not linear. You know, when you're very young, you think that the path has a, a direction and that's where we're going to go and that's where we're going to end up. And it is never like that. And so Uh, You know, I'm a 50 something year old woman. I'm an entrepreneur now who has been through several life paths. And, you know, at this point, I can actually finally say that I'm doing what I what I was put here to do, Um, and I didn't always know what that was. And as the the journey has gone on, uh, what I thought that was has changed and evolved. Um, dramatically and multiple times, you know. <laughs> so as, Absolutely. A, as, a, as a young kid, I was raised uh, in upstate New York um, in the foothills of the Adirondacks in a really rural poor area of New York. I know most people don't think of upstate New York or outside of Manhattan, you know, when they think of New York, but uh, that's where I grew up. And um, it was a tough childhood. The area was poor. My parents were poor and um, it was very, very tough. And, um, you know, You know, I'm I'm sure that many people have stories like mine where that, you know, there's substance abuse, there's other, you know, there's abuse in the family story. And so mine is not different there. And so at a young age, I thought, okay, I want to do something really special. I don't know what that is. I knew that I had a creative bend. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to be a hairstylist, (laughs) Like that was when I was going to use my creativity. Um, it was either that or I thought, well, I'll join the Air Force and I want to fly jets because I've always wanted to fly. And so it was going to be either hairstylist or a jet pilot, you know. Very clearly related options there, huh? <laughs> You know, it was just going to be one or the other. Um, but then those hopes were dashed when I found out at that point that women were not allowed to fly jet, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. back in the day. So what actually dramatically changed that tra- trajectory at that point was um, a chorus concert in the seventh grade. And so I am height challenged, let's say. And so when the chorus director was assigning us, you know, spaces for the concert, um, I was in front row on the ground and with the taller people back on the risers. And so I had volunteered to give the the flowers, you know, after the concert, it was customary for one of the, the singers to give the chorus director flowers. So I volunteered for that. I was very excited for that experience. So, you know, the concert comes and everyone's fantastic and I'm singing and doing all of the things and, and it was very exciting. And then the end of the concert came and it was time to step forward and give the flowers. And I remember very distinctly, you see these moments in movies where time slows down, right? And you know the sound becomes very loud and echoey and and time slows down and everything becomes very clear so I stepped forward to go get the flowers to give them to the chorus director and I completely froze couldn't breathe couldn't move couldn't anything and I very clearly remember the audience who had been clapping and cheering for us was now whispering, like, what is wrong with the child, you know? And so finally, someone behind me gave me a little shove and it snapped me out of my stage fright. And I ran around, I picked up the flowers and I literally threw them at the chorus director and ran off stage and threw up because I was so mortified I was so terrified I was so afraid and gosh you know I remember again very very clearly standing backstage in this theater knowing that I was in a theater and it you know very often they you know there are uh, bare brick walls in in backstage in the theaters and so I was standing there like a little bit of vomit on my shoes hyperventilating thinking oh my god I don't I don't want to be afraid. I'm so tired Mm. of being afraid. How do I not be afraid? And, you know, so much of my childhood had been spent being afraid. And it was just, it was a, a crux right there. The point where I had the epiphany of not wanting to be afraid. And how do I become a person who is not afraid? And I had my hand on the brick wall next to me. And again, it was like a a little bit of a lightning bolt. I thought, oh gosh, I'm in the theater. Actors are not, they're not afraid. Actors are not afraid of anything. Actors can go on stage and they can be and do and say anything and they're just not afraid. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be an actor. And so that was a dramatic pivot point for me, you know, no more hairstylist, no more jet pilot. You know? <laughs> you know, I'm going to be an actor because I wanted to learn how not to be afraid. And so that's essentially what I did. I went to college in New York City uh, for theater and dramatic arts. And I started working as an actor right away, you know, doing everything I possibly could. Think of to do, you know, doing stage and uh, independent films and commercials and soap operas and you know everything, just whatever I could do, whether it paid or not. It was all experience. So that was a big leg to my journey and a dramatic shift. And I'll I'll tell you, Natalie, like I I would not be here today if I hadn't had that terrible, awful moment then. Because that, even with all the twists, and the turns, and the changes, and the life that happens in between, I couldn't do what I do without the skills that I gained from that moment, you know? and
0: That's incredible.
1: It really is. Yeah, I'm so thankful. Like, it was a horrible moment, and I'm so thankful for it.
0: And, and you know, it's exactly as you've said, like, having or being in a situation where you have to make a choice. It's so traumatizing. Like, you've never forgotten this. You could probably describe the dress you were wearing and the day and everything, (laughs) yet this was this life-changing moment. And a lot of us have, we're not expecting a particular situation or experience to be as impactful as it actually is. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people share someone said one word to them yes, Yes. or, or someone, you know, there was a kindness or there was a very harsh reckoning. You know, it's, it's amazing, but you know what, I guess you are ready for it. I guess you were ready at that stage to make a choice. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I told my parents after that night that I was going to New York City and, and you know, again, being from pretty rural upstate New York, their response was hell no, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, and I was the first person in my family to go to college. Like it wasn't even thought of that, pe- you know that we could go to college. And so um, it really changed everything. It changed the entire trajectory of my life, my path, and, you know, where I am now. And like I said, I am exactly and where I'm supposed to be, and I'm doing what I was put here to do. And, you know, the, the look back is 2020. The look forward never is, you know, it's misty, <laughs> it's gray, it's bumpy, it's all those things. But the look back is 2020. Um, and so I can see, I can see very clearly the, the pivot points in my life. So I, I spent a lot of time in New York City, uh, you know, as an actor, but also learning other things. So if you're an actor in New York City, and, um, you know, you want to eat periodically, sometimes you have to, you have to have another job. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and since I am fond of food, you know, I too had another job. And so I was temping in law firms. So there was really two paths. Like you could wait tables, you know, that's the quintessential actors route, waiting tables. Um, but also, uh, you know, many friends of mine, a lot of people that I knew would temp in law firms and we would type documents, word processors, you know, and, and all of that stuff. And so to make a very long story short, I got really good at, um, uh, working on commercial real estate documents and understanding the processes of those transactions, so much so that I actually took a full time job as a paralegal in one of those white glove law firms. Um, and so that was another pivot point uh, being able to actually make money with this new learned skill and this skill set that I found that I was really good at. Um, but also, what was interesting to me, you know, ever the actor, ever the observer is sitting at these tables where these multimillion dollar deals were being done and negotiated and sussed out um, and watching the interplay of how people deal with each other. It was fascinating. And that too was a classroom for me to learn how people communicate in those ways. So also you know, take, taking those skills with me. Um, yeah. over, yeah, really amazing, you know, they,
0: really amazing. They say, uh, uh, it reminds me of a phrase, nothing is lost, right, like every yeah. experience, right, is for a very specific reason, so here you are on the world stage, and you could have no better classroom than yeah. to be in the mix, per se, studying your subjects, yeah. Right, and watching how they interact and behave, and you—you you could probably tell which deal was going to happen and who was going to, you know, be tough because those were some very serious conversations, I'm sure. Yeah, so yes. that That's was awesome. very yes. interesting. Absolutely. So all yes. of those, all of those wonderful bridges, and it sounds like you had a lot of um, good friends as a support system because I you were away from home. Were there there any other major bridges uh, that helped you get from one place to another or a very influential mentor or someone who you admired um, that gave you motivation or the path forward to do the things that you eventually did?
1: That's a great question. I don't know that there was any singular mentor I am more of a person who uh, pulls bits and pieces from uh, all of the all of the people and all of the places that I encounter. Um, but I I will share that on the journey, uh, the next giant pivot was. Um, sort of this coagulation of three different events. So I was living in New York City. Um, Things were not going well on the acting front. Um, I had chucked everything for a little while to to go to Mexico and teach scuba diving, you know, as one does, right? There there
0: you go. (laughs) You know, yes, seems very normal. You know, flying jets, doing hair, teaching scuba diving. It's all the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as one does, but I will say, you know, that, that there
1: um, really taught me about fearlessness, um, about, mm. you know, jumping off a boat in the middle of the ocean with no land in sight, understanding that there are, you know, the ocean when you're in the water is a 360 degree environment. Um, so you have to again be very observant, very conscious of your surroundings, and so that too was helpful in understanding fear and fearlessness. Um, but I had come back to New York, and I was having you know a tough breakup, as one does, of course. I was having a tough breakup. Um, my father, who was a truck driver, uh, had he had died in a, an accident at work on the road. And so that was a giant, you know, that was Mm. a giant life moment. Um, And I had been traveling back and forth from New York city to upstate New York to help deal with everything. And then nine 11 happened. And so Uh. it was this you know, this series of events that really kind of said to me, you know, spoke to me and said, it's time for uh, something different. It's time to make a change. And so I uh, let the lease go on my apartment and I bought a fixer upper uh, in upstate New York near my, my family. So I could uh help them and and try to figure out how to move forward without my dad and and what to do with he died without a will and because it was on the job you know it was just it was really awful and it seemed never ending and that was a huge pivot I honestly never thought I would leave Manhattan you know and you and I talked about that before we started like New York City is the center of the universe if you live there that's it exactly exactly except when it's not, you know, and so I moved upstate, and I, like I said, I bought this little fixer-upper, and I had thought, okay, well, I can learn how to do this, and so I, I sort of did, I learned how to fix, you know, a house, and I had a cousin who was really brilliant, and he helped me, and um, I had a contractor friend who gave me some tips, but generally speaking, I taught myself how to renovate. And, um, you know, I, I glued myself to a floor. I shocked my, you know, I electrocuted myself. I shocked myself. I, uh, oh gosh, so many,
0: so many <laughs> So many different experiences. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I'm definitely a
1: hands-on kind of person. Definitely a hands-on kind of person. But it really circles back again. And as I'm saying this out loud, there's this running theme of not wanting to fear something, not wanting to be afraid. And I make a point now in my life to really mentally poke myself like, What makes you afraid? What are you uncomfortable with? And and that's the thing I know I need to move forward with. So for example, um, I work with a marketing company and they suggested that I I do a, a Facebook live series. And I know I'm late to the game on this, um, but I thought, oh gosh, I've never done a live. I don't want to do a live. I don't want to do a live. I don't want to do it. You know? and so, so, guess what? I, She's yeah. doing the live. <laughs> right, exactly. And I just want to say so this past Monday was my first live, and it was horrible.
0: <laughs> it was horrible. Now, the first ones, I think, are always oh. that challenge, but I, I, I know that. <laughs> (laughs) this is a trend for you. You get to the, this is, this is the lowest I can go. And then you just, you just take off. Right. Wow.
1: Yeah. You have to just figure it out. And that's what I did. You know, um, the technology wasn't working i didn't i thought it was you know i thought it was like you press a button and there you go and um, it's not that easy it's a little bit more complicated and you know there might have been tears there definitely was cursing but uh, i made it through
0: <laughs> <laughs> made it through well, good and i think that's the theme is the thrive yeah you, you thrive and yes. you know what i what i what i'm sensing is you're very attuned to the, the ecosystem that you're in and you find your space. Yes. Um, you know, you keep talking about this. The main thing for me is not to be afraid. When I started in business, I had a little mantra too. And I would say to myself, there's nothing to fear but fear itself, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that is a, a, a quote, but it's it, it goes to the fact that yeah. it's not gonna kill you. Right, You're not gonna yeah. feel good. But you can
1: do this. Right. Yeah. Failure sucks. You can definitely (laughs) do this. Yeah. Failure sucks and no sucks, you know. Um, but that's where that's that's the doorway. Like that's the doorway. And so I I keep, you know, bumping up against those things that I am afraid of. So I um that's what I want to look at as I, as I move forward. But as I said, I, I know that what I'm doing now and not that what I'm doing will not evolve, you know, practical dramatics will certainly evolve in what we offer and, and how we offer it. Um, But the core of it is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing and the reason that I'm here. So whatever doors I stumble on, you know,
0: like you, uh, people in my life really label me as the, the one that is the dramatic one. Um, <laughs> and when I was introducing you, Woo-hoo! I said, practical dramatics. I'm like, that's kind of, when you're practical, you're not dramatic. You're exactly. kind of flat. You're a steady Eddie or a steady Edie. <laughs> and when you're dramatic, you are, people know you're here. People right. know. So combining the two, but it makes sense because you really need that energy to make yes. things work. Yes. And, and you, yes, and that positivity, right? That 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 you're like, we, we don't know how this is gonna turn out, but by golly, we're gonna do it anyway. And just you know, and that's see so what fun. happens yeah. <laughs> in
1: college, yes, in college, um, uh, you know, a bunch of my actor friends and I, we had this, uh, this kind of, this little mantra actually like, and it was, hey kids, let's put on a show, which basically meant like, we don't know what the hell's gonna happen, but let's do this, you know?
0: Exactly, and you know, when, you, when, you, when you're schooled in that, don't limit yourself yes. Um, yes. Uh, because of possible failure. Yeah. Failure is something we run away from because we feel like it labels us, it, it, it stays with us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, sometimes it's very hard to come back from that. Yeah. But I can see yeah. that you used all of your experiences to just sort of navigate your way through practically. Right. And, you know, I am proudly a once and future failure. You yeah. <laughs> know? Proudly. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to ask you this. What is the biggest challenge that you encountered um, along the way uh, that really sticks with you as really that um, a very, very different moment, a unique challenge that you encountered?
1: Gosh, that's a hard question. Um, I think... I don't know exactly how to answer that. So in my entrepreneurial journey, one of the greatest challenges I've had, because I didn't go to business school. I mean, I was in corporate America, but I didn't go to business school. So I frankly didn't know what I didn't know. And- Mm you know, the idea for the business was based on a telephone call I had with a friend and a light bulb moment. moment, And I just thought, okay, all right, I'm going to start a business. How hard could it be? (laughs) 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 All right, you know, a couple of years and I'll be a multimillionaire, I'll sell it for billions and, you know, we'll be good. And, And so I think that That's been a tremendous challenge, learning what I don't know. And but it's also, it's also been a tremendous boon because when you don't know what you don't know, it 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 sort of makes it easier to be ignorant. It's easier to find out stuff. It's easier to to make those mistakes and to fail um, when you're not exactly sure what
0: the hell you're doing. Yeah. You know what? Nothing, it's 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 not baked. So you really have the opportunity to take in all different ideas and concepts because sometimes we get very stuck and very rooted in this is how I know it should be. This is how I've seen it. And and so sometimes we, we harm ourselves or we put ourselves in a position where we've missed out on something. Yes. Because we're not open. Yes. Right. Yes. So Agreed. So I, I I would agree with you that walking into something where you have to ask all of the questions. Yes. And then yes. think it through. And then maybe bring in people who yes. know what they're talking about. Yes. To help yes. us along the way. So you know, in terms of, of, of women and the help and the advice that we yes. get we are really sometimes very guarded, uh, mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. what we, you know, we, we've got to protect, we've got to per- protect the perimeter. Um, yes. and so. That's a good way we, to put it. Yeah. And so we, we don't represent the right way. Mm. Um, and, and, and then we find ourselves in a deficit and we, we, we really don't know what to do or how to and move I, forward. Yeah. I don't wow. disagree. I, um,
1: to that point, you know, the last few years, particularly being here in Charleston, and um, when I first started, the ecosystem here, the entrepreneurial ecosystem, uh, I don't think was very women friendly at all, and I, I found that difficult. You know, that was yet another challenge. Um, it was really brotacular here, and so <sighs> over time, over time. Um, It has changed. And I will say over time, too, I have, you know, I have found my people, I have found the women who are willing to say my name in other rooms. And that is where that is where the joy is that is and I'm so willing to say their names. And, uh, you know, again, at this age, at this place, I it's important for me to keep speaking other people's names, to keep lifting the tide so all the boats rise. And however I can do that, um, it's really become very, very important to me and important to how I want to see myself.
0: Excellent. Now tell us about this TED Talk experience. Oh gosh. Now, number one, was it a phone call, like like the business (laughs) that led to this? Well, no. What, what was it that led you to, because that's a big, that's yes. a big challenge. That's yes, very it was. different. That's stepping out on a different stage, although yes. you a trained after. Yes. Um, tell us about that experience. So it was interesting
1: because I had wanted to do a TED Talk for a while and I had submitted myself I want to say three or four years and got turned down. Um, so, you know, that's quite kind of a study and a failure. Um, and what I finally knew, what clicked for me the year that I was accepted, was that I had all of this information that I was dying to give, that people needed to have that. Um, but what Ted wants, you know, what the organizers of TED want is your story. And so that's what I had been missing. I wasn't putting myself in the story. And so when Mm. I finally did that, um, that's when my my talk was accepted. And, uh, you know, what a great experience. You are 100% correct. It was very different. I mean, yes, it's on a stage, but, you know, you have the red dot. You are constrained in both time and space. And so you have to make the biggest impact that you can with as little momentum as you can. And what an experience, really, really, just one of the highlights of my life at this point.
0: I, you know, that that is the thing I I guess many of us should put on that bucket list, try it, right? Just put yourself out there and, and see what happens. Yes. So yeah. overall, you know, I yeah. you are a great champion. Women clearly You said you found your tribe. You found women who will say your name, and and you do the same. Yes, and it's so important, right, for women to be there to uplift other women. Yes. Would you? What would you think about sharing um, in terms of uh, talking to another woman in business, uh, whether she could be an entrepreneur? or or currently very mm-hmm. successful in, in, a, in a in a in a firm or a a, a a corporation, what would you say to her would be important for her to keep in mind as she uh, operates in an environment where there may be few women, right. younger women, right. older women, you know, what what would you, what bit of advice would you want to share? So I
1: have a lot of feelings about that question. A lot of, let me I have a lot of feelings. So, you know, studies show that that women who advocate for themselves um, have more difficulties than women who don't, but then women who don't advocate or negotiate for themselves make less money, all of those things. And ultimately, what I think it comes down to is If we don't change the paradigm, then the paradigm will never change. And so what I would tell and what I do tell women is for you to decide what language, what words you're going to use to describe yourself. You have to make those decisions because the world will make them for you and that's where you get stuck.
0: I love that. Words matter. Yes, we We're finding that communication is is a strategic, uh, you know, tool uh, and a a business imperative uh, with, along with emotional intelligence and and a lot of other things that cue us in that the whole person and the talk people at the very, you know, in very genuine terms and, and being empathetic makes such a difference. Yes. Uh, and so, yes, yes if we want to be treated differently, we have to be the change that we speak, right? Exactly. Exactly.
1: One, I, I, you said that so well.
0: It's, that's so very true. And having conversations with, with women on this podcast has been so enlightening to me that we are so strong if yeah. if we could put all of these women in one room oh my or, gosh or in one group yes they oh my gosh <laughs> you know we would have this just amazing you know buzz of activity right. uh, brain trust and yes. you know it's yes. just yeah yeah, just I'm we could power
1: so cities you know universes um we, galaxies
0: yes we definitely can we <laughs> definitely can so Oh my goodness. Uh, I enjoy talking about this perfect storm that you came through and your resolve to embrace fearlessness Um, and and really pulling all of these pieces together. Um, It's it's so inspiring when you say yet another study in failure. That's good stuff. (laughs) That is so It's so positive. So I want to know a little more about the book that you have written. Yeah, um, thank you. And that you've poured into. Tell us a little bit. Tell us about the book and who the audience is. You know, what is that message? And who are you focusing in on when you say the irreverent guide to spectacular communication?
1: So I I wanted to... You know, I have been writing this book for years um, on the side and when I can and when I thought about it, and, um, but I knew that I wanted to write a book. I had it in me um, and I wanted to write a business book and I wanted to focus on communication and all the ways that, that we humans communicate interpersonally. Um, but a benchmark of what I and, excuse me, my company do, Practical Dramatics, is that we use humor in everything. So every learning event that we build, excuse me, is rooted in theater strategies and humor because I want to feel good and I want my participants to feel good about doing these uncomfortable things and so I wanted to write a book that felt like that as well that was a little bit tongue in cheek, that had a ton of really good information, but wasn't taking itself so seriously. And, you know, you asked me earlier about mentors and One of my earliest inspirations for my business was actually Dale Carnegie, believe it or not. Mm. Um, Most people don't know that Dale Carnegie was a failed actor. And so he was working in New York City and was down to his last few dollars and decided to throw a public speaking workshop at the 92nd Street Y. And so he got people in there and it wasn't going very well. He wasn't throwing a successful workshop uh, until he asked people, he asked the participants, what makes them mad? And then they were able to open up, they were able to let go, and they stopped being afraid of speaking and started speaking from an authentic emotional place. And that really was a light bulb moment for him. And as we well know, you know, he wrote um, how to make friends and influence people and exactly. built an empire. And so from that one, you know, that one workshop, that one idea that if I can get people to speak authentically, if I can get them to, you know, talk about this thing that they feel about, then I can really do something. And so that's how I feel about this book. I, I If I can get people to read it and they can laugh and they can say, but this is me and, you know, um, but I can do this, you know, then I've really done something.
0: You have really done something. You've done a lot of something, which is amazing. I want to congratulate you on all of the success that you've had by really being passionate about this is what I want to do for other people. Yes. You know, when we put others first and we look at what talent do I have and what can I contribute to someone else's success or happiness or experience, that is so therapeutic. And Mm. and it is building, you know, blocks, fundamental blocks within our mind, within our body, you know, our, our, our whole composition. Like, you know, we work in environments that are so toxic that things, yeah, you know, talking yeah. about this and so refreshing, right? And so encouraging. So thank you for being an encourager. Well, thank uh, thank you. you for being a champion of many and uh, bringing, I had a lot of laughs here. I may have <laughs> put it on mute a few times, but I was laughing and I hope the listeners caught some of the phrases that you threw out there because um, you you really are uh, a very grounded passionate woman who knows what she's been put here to do which is what you said so please share our listeners how they can get in contact with you how if they want to reach out learn more or connect with you for business services or otherwise how would they find you
1: sure uh they can find me at practical dramatics website you know it's www.practicaldramatics.com I know it's a lot of letters but that's where <laughs> we live um, certainly you can connect with me on LinkedIn I'm always uh, happy to make connections and have real conversations um, and sh- you can shoot me an email lbadams at practical dramatics I'm happy to open dialogues with people that want to have conversations I love that
0: I love that Excellent. Well, thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed our time and our conversation. I did, uh, and too. I thank know you that. So <laughs> thank you. I know our listeners enjoyed it as well. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on the podcast, and we wish you the very best. Maybe I'll see you in Charleston. You never know. <laughs> I sure hope so.
1: You'll have to call me when you come. I'll take you out at a fantastic restaurant downtown.
0: There you go. We'll have coffee. <laughs> okay. All right. It's a date. Thank you so much. <laughs> and thanks, everyone. We hope you, you enjoyed Thank and we'll you. listen for the next podcast. We'll talk to you then. Bye bye. <laughs>